the famous five. Five on Kirin Island again, dedicated to Zora and Jazz. Apologies in advance for misreading, repeating myself, and losing the place. Chapter 16 Down to the Caves George went cautiously down the stone steps. They were steep and narrow. I should think they run right down in the middle of the stone wall, thought George. Goodness, here's a narrow bit. It was so narrow that she had to go sideways. A fat man would never get through there, she thought to herself. Hello, the steps have ended. She had got the rug around her shoulders and had picked up the bag on the way. In her other hand, she held her torch. It was terribly dark and quiet down there. George did not feel scared because she was hoping to see Timmy at any moment. No one could feel afraid with Timmy just round the corner, ready to welcome them. She stood at the bottom of the steps, her torch showing her a narrow tunnel. It curved sharply to the left. Now, will it join the dungeons from here? She wondered, trying to get her sense of direction to help her. They can't be far off, but there's no sign of them at the moment. She went down the narrow tunnel. Once the roof came down so low she almost had to crawl. She flashed her torch on it. She saw black rock there, which had evidently been too hard to be removed by the tunnel builders long ago. The tunnel went on and on and on. George was puzzled. Surely by now she must have gone by all the dungeons. Why, she must be heading towards the shore of the island. How very strange. Didn't this tunnel join the dungeons then? A little further and she would be under the bed of the sea itself. The tunnel took a deep slope downwards. More steps appeared, cut roughly from rock. George climbed down them cautiously. Where in the world was she going? At the bottom of the steps the tunnel seemed to be cut out of solid rock, or else it was a natural passage, not made by man at all. George didn't know. Her torch showed her black, rocky walls and roof, and her feet stumbled over the irregular rocky path. How she longed for Timmy beside her. I must be very deep down, she thought, pausing to flash her torch around her once more. Very deep down, and very far from the castle. Good gracious! Whatever's that awful noise? She listened. She heard a muffled booming and moaning. Was it her father doing one of his experiments? The noise went on and on, a deep, never-ending boom. Why, I believe it's the sea, said George, amazed. She stood and listened again. Yes, it's the sea over my head. I'm under the rocky bed of Kirin Bay. And now poor George did feel a bit scared. She thought of the great waves surging above her. 
she thought of the restless moving water scouring the rocky bed over her head. She felt frightened in case the sea should find a way to leak down into the narrow tunnel. Now, don't be silly, she told herself sternly. This tunnel has been here under the seabed for hundreds of years. Why should it suddenly become unsafe when just you are in it, George? Talking to herself like this, to keep her spirits up, she went on again. It was very weird indeed to think that she was walking under the sea. So this was where her father was at work. Hmm, under the sea itself. And then George suddenly remembered something. He had said to them all, the first time they had visited him on the island. What was it now? Oh yes, he said he had to have water above and around him, said George. Now I see what he meant. His workroom is somewhere down here. So the sea water is above him, and it's all around the tower, because it's built on an island. Water above and water around. So that was why her father had chosen Kieran Island for his experiment. How had he found the secret passage under the sea, though? Why, even I didn't know of that, said George. Hello, what's this I'm coming to? She stopped. The passage had suddenly widened out into an enormous dark cave, whose roof was unexpectedly high, lost in dark shadows. George stared around. She saw strange things there that she didn't understand at all. Wires, glass boxes, little machines that seemed to be at work with a sound, whose centers were alive with funny, gleaming, shivering lights. Suddenly, sparks shot up now and again. And when that happened, a funny smell crept around the cave. How weird all this is, thought George. However can Father understand all these machines and things? And I wonder where he is. I do hope those men haven't made him a prisoner somewhere. From this strange Aladdin's cave, another tunnel led. George switched on her torch again and went into it. It was much like the other one, but the roof was higher. She came to another cave, smaller this time, and crammed with wires of all kinds. There was a curious humming sound, like thousands of bees in a hive. George half expected to see some flying around. It must be these wires making the noise, she said. There was nobody in the cave at all but it led into another one, and George hoped that soon she would find Timmy and her father there. She went into the next cave, which was perfectly empty and very cold. She shivered, then down another passage and into a small cave. The first thing she saw beyond this tiny cave was a light. A light! Then perhaps she was coming to the cave her father must be in. She flashed her torch round the little cave she was now standing in and saw tins of food, bottles of beer, tins of sweets, and a pile of clothes of some sort. Aha! This was where Father kept his stores. She went on to the next cave, wondering why Timmy had not heard her and come to greet her. She looked cautiously into the cave where the light came from. 
sitting at the table, his head in his hands, perfectly still, was her father. There was no sign of Timmy. Father, said George. The man at the table jumped violently and turned around. He stared at George as if he really could not believe his eyes. Then he turned back again and buried his face in his hands. Father, said George again, quite frightened, because he did not say anything to her. He looked round again. This time he got up. He stared at George once more, and then sat down heavily. George ran to him. What's the matter? Oh, Father, what's the matter? Where's Timmy? George? Is it really you, George? I thought I must be dreaming when I looked up and saw you, said her father. How did you get here? Good gracious. It's impossible that you should be here. Father, are you all right? What's happened? And where's Timmy? said George urgently. She looked all around, but could see no sign of him. Her heart went cold. Surely nothing awful had happened to Timmy. Did you see two men? asked her father. Where were they? Oh, father, we keep asking each other questions and not answering them, said George. Tell me first, where's Timmy? I don't know, said her father. Did those two men go to the tower? Yes, said George. Father, what's happened? Well, if they've gone to the tower, we've got about an hour in peace, said her father. Now listen to me, George, very carefully. This is terribly important. I'm listening, said George, but do hurry up and tell me about Timmy. These two men were parachuted down onto the island to try and find out my secret, said her father. I'll tell you what my experiments are for, George. They are to find a way of replacing all coal, coke, and oil. An idea to give the world all the heat and power at once, and to do away with mines and miners. Good gracious, said George. It would be one of the most wonderful things the world has ever known. Yes, said her father, and I should give it to the whole world. It shall not be the power of any one country or a collection of men. It shall be a gift to the whole of mankind. But, George, there are men who want my secret for themselves, so that they may make colossal fortunes out of it. How hateful, cried George. Go on, father. How did they hear of it? Well, I was at work on this idea with some of my colleagues, my fellow workers, said her father. And one of them betrayed us and went to some powerful businessmen to sell them the idea. So when I knew this, I decided to come away in secret and finish my experiments by myself. Then nobody could betray me. And you came here, said George, to my island. Yes, because I needed water over me and water around me, said her father. Quite by chance, I looked at a copy of that old map and thought that if the passage shown there, the one leading from the little stone room, I mean, if the passage there really did lead under the sea, as it seemed to show, then that would be the ideal place to finish my experiments. Oh, Father, and I made such a fuss, said George, ashamed now to remember how cross she had been. Did you, said her father, as if he had forgotten all about that? Well... I got all my stuff and came here, and now these fellows have found me and got hold of me. Poor father, how can I help? said George. I could go back and bring help over here, couldn't I? Yes, you could, said George, but you mustn't let those men see you. 
I'll do anything you want me to do, Father, anything, said George. But first, tell me what happened to Timmy. Well, he kept by me all the time, said her father. Really, he's a wonderful dog, George. And then, this morning, just as I was coming out of the entrance in that little room to go up to the tower with Timmy to signal, the two men pounced on me and forced me back here. But what happened to Timmy? asked George. Would her father never tell her what she wanted to know? He flew at the men, of course, said her father, but somehow or other one of them lassoed him with a noose of rope and caught him. They pulled the rope so tight around his neck that he almost choked. Oh, poor Timmy, said George, and the tears ran down her cheeks. Is he, do you think, is he all right, father? Oh, yes, from what I heard the men saying afterwards, I think they've taken him to some cave and shut him there, said her father. Anyway, I saw one of them getting some dog biscuits out of a bag this evening, so it looks like he's still alive and kicking, and hungry, probably. George heaved a great sigh of relief. So long as Timmy was alive and all right. She took a few steps towards what she thought must be another cave. I'm going to find Timmy, father, she said. I must, I must find him. End of chapter 16